Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, still locked away in my home in Las Vegas, and I'm joined here, as always, also locked away at home in his home in Maryland, Chris Wesley. What's up, man? John, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because you say locked away in your home. You've always recorded um, from your home, with the exception of maybe those two or three episodes when you recorded at the community center and the <laughs> yeah, mariachi <true>. band. Uh, <laughs> Uh, inter- uh, interrupted, but uh, yeah, no, we're uh, everyone is quarantined, and um, you know how long this will go on for. God only knows, and um, I think we're adjusting, right? We're 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 learning what the new normal is, and uh, as we get used to that, it then becomes a newer normal. Um, but John, you know, it's fine because I think a lot of us are getting to the point where. We're now responding to um, the the pandemic by how we are taking care of ourselves, you know, developing these routines, uh, depending on what state uh, you're living in. Uh, there are different, um, you know, protocols or uh, laws or rules put into place of how you can interact um, outside of your house or, um, you know, with, with other people, uh, how businesses are functioning and, and everything. And while we're still in this like reactionary season, I think it's also important for us to start being proactive, right? Because there's going to be a day where you and I are not locked in our houses doing this podcast, where uh, listeners are not locked in their houses listening to this podcast, that we're going to be able to return to work, to school. And well, will we be able to return to church? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, one of the questions that uh, John and I were kind of discussing before we uh set this thing in motion was when the church doors open will people come back in i love it and what are we gonna do how are we gonna take advantage and leverage that moment right there are a lot of people as much as there are people that are fearful like oh people aren't gonna come back to church right you know and but there are a lot of people who like can't wait for the church doors to open back up so 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 how what are we going to do how are we going to leverage that experience that's what we want to talk a little bit about today and chris to be honest this actually came up from a conversation that i had with one of my coaching clients that we were this just came up out of nowhere actually one of their pastoral council members brought it up you know and, and it got me really thinking it's like wow we actually need to plan for that right because as big of a deal as it's been for us to close our church doors, and for all intents and purposes, many states, you know, are, are have some sort of shelter in place, you know, non-essential businesses work from home through May 1st, right? That, that, I know that's true in Nevada, California, Florida, probably Maryland. Yeah, you know, so, you know, that's the reality. But, but how are we planning for the day the doors open, right? That's going to be just as much of a big deal, I think as us closing the doors. And so again, here's an opportunity to kind of think about that because the, conver- the conversation that we went with the pastoral council and the staff around this particular topic is, is how do we show the best version of ourselves when everybody does come back, right? And we started to have some fun and we were like, we should have, you know, cake and balloons and balloon animals and circuses. I mean, we were going a little bit crazy, right? You know, but, but the point was, you know, this is going to be a big deal for folks. This is almost like 
opening the doors to a new church and the celebration of that. So, so how are we going to do that? And that's going to be our conversation today. And Chris, I'm interested in your thoughts. I don't know if your parish has thought about that or talked about that or what's going on in your mind in terms of when the church doors do open up again for mass, what's it going to look like? What, what are we going to do? What's the experience going to be like? Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, uh, it came up first in regards to live streaming. When we decided that we were going to live stream, we said, if this is something we do now, is it something we would continue past that? Um, and, and the reason we asked that question was to justify some of the money that we were spending now um, to invest in that endeavor. Um, and we came to the agreement, uh, agreement that in some way, form or fashion, uh, we will be live streaming um, mass uh, in some sorts, uh, you know, moving forward. But, you know, the, the, when that question gets asked of when we open up the church doors again, are people going to come and what are the things we, we do? I think back to um, 9-11, right? Um, different circumstance, but I think we're going to see a similar response, right? When doors, oh, this is my prediction, when this is all said and done and we're allowed to go back and worship in, in the church, uh, those first couple of weekends, you're going to see a rise in attendance. Um, you're going to see people coming back. Um, it's not maybe going to be at the same magnitude as uh, 9-11, but you're going to see people come back because I think people are going to miss one another. They're going to try to connect in, in every way possible. And, um, you know, whether organized sports or activities or other things are going to be up and running at that point, I think church will be one of those first places where people flock to. If you don't do anything, you'll see uh, numbers increase a little bit at the beginning, but then you'll see them die down quickly. And that's what happened at, uh, during September 11th. And, and I had a, a debate with someone on staff about this because I said, we can't let this be like 9-11. And they said, what do you mean? 9-11 was a success. All these people came back to church. And I responded starkly, like, where are they now, right? You know, where are they now? And that's because we have this opportunity to come together, to worship, to be together. But the problem is that uh, we did not give people a reason to stay. And so to answer that question, what can we do? What can we do to encourage people to come back? I think we really have to critically, critically look at what we used to do and ask those questions. Is what we were doing really working or were we just kidding ourselves? And how has coronavirus, how has uh, shelter in place, quarantine, give us the opportunity to hit the do-over button? Mm -hmm. That is the question. Uh, and I was talking with my men's group about this uh, a couple of nights ago. We were talking about, you know, live streaming masses and, and, and how that's worked or not worked for us. And we had our previous episode on that. But one of the things that many of the guys in my men's group said is like, yeah, the live stream is okay, right? But you know what I really miss? I miss seeing you all. I miss that. And that was to a T, almost everybody said that. I miss being in community with people. Uh, and, and and that's, that for me, that's in that, that said a lot because for the majority of this men's group are not people who work for the church like you and me, Chris, right? You know, that right. these are you know, people who are in other fields and other work, but, but care about their faith, care about their church, right? And so for me to hear them say that, yeah, live stream is okay, but, you know, I really miss being with each other, you know, first of all, that's theologically and sacramentally appropriate, right? Because that is a big part of who we are. But that just led me to believe them. 
hospitality and welcoming is going to be a key when we come back, right? And we've talked about this before over and over and over again. Pew Research continues to say, and other research says, what are the three things that people are looking for when they come to a church service, especially when they're experiencing a new church? Welcoming and hospitality, preaching, and music. Those three things always float to the top, right? And so, uh, you know, the, the, there's an opportunity here when we welcome back and open those doors back up to really more specifically revamp and relook at ho- that hospitality piece. And, and, and I'm not kidding when I say we should have some sort of celebration that distinguishes the Sunday that we come back that distinguishes that from, from other Sundays, because we have been in the desert for 40 plus days, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, it, we should celebrate. And, and looking back at scripture, you know, what was once Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and was tempted, what was the first thing that he did, right? The wedding at Cana. And he participated in a party, which is where he then had his first miracle of, of the wine, right? It's like, we should have a party, we should have lots of wine, and we should save the good wine for the end and not the beginning. I'm being only somewhat facetious here, but I, I think this is, this is, this is, I think this is going to be so cool. I think this is going to be a lot of fun when we all come back together, missing what we've been missing and coming to be together again for the first time in, in days. I mean, we're talking someplace, I don't know, two months maybe for folks, you know? So this is a big deal, I think. Well, you know, I would even add on that and not to discourage that point. I like that. I think idea number one is you throw a celebration. That's a part of the liturgy, you know, in addition um, to the liturgy. So you have mass and maybe it's some blown out party at the conclusion of mass, right? Or um, that goes to the night. And, you know, um, but the big question is, okay, after that party, right? After the good wine is, it has been consumed, like, what are we doing next, right? Yeah. And, and that's the question. That's the harder question to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about uh, the guys in your small group and how they miss seeing one another, right? Like, and, and that's what I miss. I miss the community. You notice that not a lot of people, at least I haven't seen a lot of people online express, oh, I miss the catechesis or I miss the formation, uh, you know, or uh, I miss the preparation. Like there aren't a lot of people who are missing that because what we can be doing and should be doing during COVID uh, or during uh, uh, this quarantine is figuring out new ways of catechizing, new ways of evangelizing, new ways of forming people. And, you know, if you go back a couple of episodes to when Paul was on here and he talked about the domestic church, you know, investing in that and everything, it's almost kind of like when we come back, really, while catechesis and formation are important, right? Evangelization is what we do, right? But um, we need to really hone in on the community aspect because that's been what we've been deprived of over these last couple of weeks and, and, and the months that, we, that we're a part of. So a church really needs to ask the question of how are we a beacon? How are we a center of community, of real authentic Christ-like community where evangelization happens, where people do grow in their faith? You know, you kind of look at Pentecost, like where, uh, and the story of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, right? Where the the church just grows and people were breaking bread and people were, um, you know, serving one another and everything like that. Those are the type of opportunities that we should be um, cultivating within the local church. Um, 
And, and so that's, so again, going back to the question, I think the question is not what we do day one or week one that we're back, but what do we do in the weeks after that so that we don't see that huge dip uh, that we did after an event like 9-11 or um, some other, you know, traumatic or, or monumentous event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, kind of what the the takeaway I think is 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 to to meet as a staff or as a liturgy team or whatnot. You know, certainly the liturgy team should be available since we're not doing very much liturgy in the same way that we used to. Anyways, we're still doing it right, but but getting the team together and start saying, okay, let's plan for this, right? You know, and let's sit down and say and and really really look at this because here's the reality, Chris, and you know this as well as I do. Uh, you know, we're, we're not doing all the same things that we used to do. We have a little bit more time. Our time is being spent differently and we're forced to look at things differently. So let's take it again, take advantage of that time, you know, uh, to sit down and say, okay, what does our welcoming the hospitality experience at our parish look like on day one of the doors opening back up and, and ongoing, right. And start to create some strategy around that and start that immediately, because we don't know, we really don't know when the doors are going to open back up. It's going to, it may vary state by state, you know, and, and we know that our bishops are really following, you know, state and federal officials and kind of determining all that type of thing. And so, but I, I don't want any of us to be caught off guard when the doors do open back up. So now's the time to be thinking about that as we've entered into this Easter season, you know, what does this look like and start to strategize around it. You know, one of the conversations I had with, with one of my clients is, 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 is the welcoming in terms of what it looks like, not just at the door and inside the church, but way out in the parking lot. They have kind of a unique parking structure where their parking lot is actually, the majority of the parking is actually far away from the, the main entrance of the church. And so what does the welcoming look like out there, you know, in terms of connecting people? Is there signage or a banner or something like that that we're putting out there? And again, we, we're just starting this conversation, so we haven't had a ton of concrete ideas, but that's the direction that we're starting to go. So what does it look like, uh, that welcoming experience, all the way from the moment that people drive on campus, right? Not when they enter the doors of the church, when they drive on campus, what does that look like? And now's the time to really start thinking that through and and creating a structure that is sustainable week after week after week, right? A lot of people are going to want to jump in and help week one, but, you know, I want them to be helping out week four and week 10 and beyond. You know, and, and I agree, it's got to be sustainable, but I think we have to also look at how does this look in our communities, in the parish boundaries, not just at the church building, because I think what this is proving um, or reemphasizing is that church is more than a building, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we cannot gather together to, to pray and worship, um, you know, in the same physical space, uh, and we're um, being forced to recreate and look at um, what church looks like um, on a, on a different level. Um, when we go back, uh, yes, mass will happen in the church building, in the church sanctuary, right? We can have hospitality that goes around that, but how about Monday through Friday? Like how about the rest of the days of the week? Like what is that, um, going to look like, you know, for the church? Should we be in the process of setting up home small groups, you know, or should we be in the process of, um, you know, looking at moving uh, catechesis 
uh, more into the domestic home, you know, the domestic church? Um, should we be looking at uh, making sure our youth ministry programs and our children ministry programs are getting involved in the schools? Uh, what partnerships with different soup kitchens, like the relief efforts that are going to have to take place, you know, financial relief efforts, food relief efforts, you know, all those different things, they're going to have to take place after that. I don't think it's just about what does liturgy look like. Uh, and I know that's not what you're saying, uh, just saying, but I, I know we can get so stuck on what does just liturgy look like, but what does the whole like church community look like after this is said and done? That that's a that's a huge question, uh, and what we probably need. But well, yeah. <laughs> pray. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that's maybe that's also um, something where we can get a, a couple of our friends on this and, and just have a debate about that, or a discussion, not a debate, but a discussion about um, what uh, are things outside of the weekend experience, right? The Sunday weekend experience that because because if you go back to it. Um, uh, that we can get so focused on just what Sunday should look like, right? That we forget about the other six days of the week, the other uh, parts of what church is supposed to do, mm -hmm. um, or we get stuck on formation um, in, in the catechesis. And, and, you know, I know I've talked to a couple of DREs and youth ministers already who are like, I'm going to take this time to plan out the fall. I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to plan out the fall like you would any other year? This fall, even if this ends next week, this fall will look different than any other fall because people are not going to want to go back to that way of ministry. Even if you're doing virtual youth groups or uh, virtual catechesis or sacramental prep, you know, the way that we go back has to look structurally different. It has to look culturally different. And, you know, I know we're throwing out questions and not necessarily solutions, but I, that's where I think we're, we need to invite people into those conversations to start thinking way outside the box, outside the paradigm, because if we're really going to change how people uh, engage with church, and if we really want people to come back to mass after that initial weekend, then we need to, we need to break those things open. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. And, and but I am working with, with parishes and planning for the future. But the caveat is what are we taking from this experience and bring it into the future, right? That's really, that's what you're really asking about. You're, you're not, you're not saying business as usual. We can't do things business as usual for the fall. That's what you're saying. You know, with that said, I've had a couple coaching clients who have said, well, you can't travel with us. You can't be with us. Should we kind of hold off on coaching? And I said, no, we're going to keep going because here's the reality. There's an opportunity in this moment to be planning, you know, and looking at that future. So there, there's uh, uh, some youth ministry leaders that I'm working with right now uh, that we had already prior to COVID-19, we had already began to revision youth ministry in their parish um, that looks dramatically different than what it currently is. And, and there's lots of reasons for that. One, they inherited a model when they got into the positions and now they've been there long enough to really kind of own it and change it, right? So we we're already beginning to do that. We're continuing that conversation, but now there's another another uh, lens or layer to it in terms of, and how are we gonna use that technology that we have now and the other things into this revisioning? And again, I think that this is gonna be a little bit different than other people's experience because they really are revisioning and re looking at it very differently. But what you're saying, Chris, is 
all of us should be doing a revisioning of our ministry for the fall. But the reason now is the time to start having the conversation is because it is the spring still. Budgets are still going to be due. Maybe the process or timeline is going to be different, right? You know, we should be still, you know, creating goals. And, and this is what I've been talking about with the folks. You got to still create the goals. What are your goals for your ministry the next year? Because the goals inform your budget. Yeah. And then the budget informs your calendar. Right. And, and that's kind of the, the layer that we're going on in terms of the planning. I kind of got a little sidetracked here, but, you know, from, from our initial conversation around liturgy when the doors open back up. But the point is, yeah, that, that revisioning, re-looking at things now, to your point, to really hold people in and to kind of keep people in. So Sunday, though, is still the main focus, Chris. And you know this as well as I do. It's like this is where we touch the most people. But you're right. We want to engage people beyond just Sunday, but it does start with Sunday for the most part. Yeah, not always, but for well, the most part. And I know it's a polarizing statement, but Sunday was not enough before. It it wasn't enough, you know, because if it was enough, then our church doors would be filled. Um, and, uh, and 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 part of that is how we do Sunday, right? That that's a huge part of it. How you do Sunday can definitely help, but it's how people then are commissioned and respond beyond that as well. It's a, it's a both end sort of thing. And uh, otherwise we're just continuing to fuel a consumeristic model. Right. Um, so I, I think, yeah, hospitality is key. Um, the pastor's homily music, you know, all those different things that we talked about are going to be especially important, but uh, something else that, that adds on to that is um, I guess like where I get more concerned from a youth ministry standpoint or from a religious education standpoint is I, I think I'm going to be investing more of my time in setting goals of creating, you know, small groups in homes um, or home catechesis uh, just because um, yeah, we'll have youth uh, gatherings at the church. We'll have youth events, you know, throughout the year because there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I think I'm going to invest in, you know, more in uh, how is our youth ministry more involved in the school? How's our youth ministry more involved in the home? And how is our youth ministry more involved in the community? And community will be small groups meeting in homes. Home will be like the domestic church. And, and uh, the schools will be what, what groups or how are we partnering with teachers or educators um, to be more available and not worry about getting people to show up on a Sunday night for youth group, you know, mm-hmm. or to show up on a Thursday night for um, uh, catechesis, you know. So um, how do we bring catechesis to them and that's something you can start working on now while we're being quarantined because we have to bring things to people. People are not going to come to us at all. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of where um, my attention goes um, because pro- I think that's that's one thing that um, we need to rethink. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just like fundraisers, funding, um, all those different things, uh, I think we have to prepare ourselves for the next time something like this happens right mm-hmm. i mean i this is once in a hundred years sort of an event but um you know next time if you're in a community where it snows a snow day should not be an obstacle to a, a, a drop in your giving right or um uh or if there's a tragedy in your community your community your church should have a plan set in place for responding to that um we shouldn't be caught on our heels um going into some of these other situations that are going to approach uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm a little bit harsh or, or uh, overly passionate about it, but um, 
you, you were you were laughing at how you used the word opportunity so much uh, a couple of episodes ago. For you know, for me, I, I, I agree with that. I think it, this is an opportunity for us to shake things up. I think where people get stuck, John, is if they don't have an organization like Parish Success Group, you know, helping them consult, you know, through this. It's not knowing how to start thinking differently, right? And that's really the essence of this conversation is not what we should be doing differently, but how we should be thinking differently so we can do things differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, uh, if uh, there's things that you're doing with your clients that you can share that um, are helping them think differently, that it doesn't matter if we were in this quarantine or not, in, in shelter in place or not, that you can start thinking outside the box. Well, I think this is this is the key point. It's the questions, right? So this this podcast, I think now that that we're looking at it, is unique in the sense that we probably are asking more questions than we are answering them, mm-hmm. because this is new for all of us. As as you know, my boss, the executive director of Parish Success Group, Rich Curran, is keeps saying is, uh, none of you went and took a class on how to do church in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Nobody. No, there was no educational opportunity for that. Right. With the idea of like, we're all winging it. We're all figuring it out. And so what's interesting about this particular episode is I think we're probably asking more questions than we are answering questions, Chris. And that's fair because we we really again, because this is the first time for us, we really don't know not only when this is going to end, but, but really how to navigate this. And we're figuring this out, you know, and that's the whole company model. And so to your question earlier about what are we doing? Oftentimes my job is really is, is asking questions, getting them to think, you know, why they're doing certain things or why they're thinking a certain way. And so the questions become a really key factor for us, you know, in the work that we do, because again, there's no cookie cutter approach to how to do parish ministry. Every parish is so different and unique. And so you know, if I were to come in and say, well, you should just do this, you should just do that. I'm really doing you a disservice because the reality is, you know, what works in parish A may or may not work in parish B, right? Depending on demographics and size of parish and ethnicity and all sorts of things, right? You know, Um, so really it's about asking questions and really learning and getting people to think differently. And the best way I know to think differently is very much in line with what Pope Francis is saying is, is ask questions and let them talk you know, let them share. Right. And so, you know, and that's what, you know, every episode we, we, at the end of the, the episode, we say, Hey, if you have questions, send them our way, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about them. And we'll kind of expose them. You know, questions is how we learn, you know, and, and how we grow. And so, uh, you know, I, I know we're, we're not quite ready to end, but we're getting close, but I'm going to pitch that now. Questions are key. Send us your questions, you know, you know, because again, we're, we're trying to figure out, our own pandemic response to this, because this is new for every single one of us here in the United States. Uh, no one has told me that they've experienced this before. Yeah. I mean, right, right. No one, we haven't experienced this as a community before, right? There are plenty of people, um, you know, there was like, uh, I don't know if you saw the um, interview with the a couple of astronauts who talk about how they have to self quarantine, right. When they come back from outer space and everything, or, um, uh, there are a couple of friends uh, or, or people I know who um, have uh, gone through uh, the polio epidemic, right, and uh, how they had to quarantine with that. But we've never, yeah, we've never gone through this as a society for this long of a period um, where across the globe, right, we're, we're doing that. 
And that's where I think, yeah, step one is ask questions. Just throw up questions after questions after questions until, um, until ideas start to um, appear. And before you grasp onto that idea, you know, um, you know, spend time thinking about it, right? And, and that's something that's hard for, for, for a lot of people. I know that it's something hard for me, right? Like I ask a question, I get an idea. I'm like, all right, let's execute it, right? Let's jump into it. The more it's kind of like, all right, let it percolate. Let it like, um, it's kind of like cooking a nice sauce, right? This is my Italian side coming out. A nice sauce where uh, you throw all the ingredients together and you got to let time, um, you know, just infuse the flavor and infuse just new ideas and new thoughts and new ways of approaching it um, as it moves forward. I think one is asking questions. I think two, it's also take, take some risks and, and uh, do some um, beta testing or trial and error, right? Um, you know, I love, as much as we talk about is too much virtual church good, uh, is, there too much, is there such a thing as too much virtual church? I like the fact that there are so many people trying it and that there's gonna be so many things that we learn from it, right? And, uh, you know, a couple of blessings we're gonna probably see is websites get better. Um, we're gonna see communication get better. Uh, things like that. Um, so as you start thinking about what church, what ministry is going to look like um, down the line um, after this is all said and done, start by asking questions, having conversations with your staff, with colleagues, with co coworkers about this, right? And, and then uh, sit, sit on them, those ideas, pray on them, and, and just allow, allow the spirit to lead you. And, and don't be afraid to think big because we are in a situation that is bigger than anything we could have conceived before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and then certainly think about what is that hospitality welcoming experience going to be looking like on that Sunday experience. Again, you know, when the church doors do open back up, we do have mass, you know, be intentional about this. This is going to be a big deal for folks. This is going to be a big deal for you and me. Um, how do we support and build community, not just on day one, but again, on, on day 101 and 501 and moving forward and take advantage of this opportunity to, to rethink and reimagine a sustainable way of doing welcoming and hospitality at mass. Um, and well said, John. And I think as we uh, um, move forward, uh, again, just to echo something you said before, uh, send us your questions, you know, uh, shoot us questions at the questions at the churchpodcast.org. Um, if there are things you guys want us to talk about, you know, we'll ask the questions, we'll, we'll dive into it, we'll uh, bring on experts to help us, uh, you know, think about this in a, in a different way. And uh, one of my hopes is that um, when this is all said and done, uh, that the church podcast is still there uh, helping you make church better as well. Um, but that all depends on how well John and I get along. So, uh, you know, <laughs> through this, which we're, I think we're, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing yeah, okay. We're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. See, the nice thing about this quarantining is it's virtual and I can leave you at the click of a button, but no, not Absolutely. that I want to John, but we are coming to a close, but if people want to reach out to us, go to the churchpodcast.org. Choose questions at questions at the churchpodcast.org. But if you want to reach out to John, uh, John, how can people get you? As always, visit us at parishsuccessgroup.com or reach out to me on Twitter, especially at John Ronaldo is my handle. 
And you can find me at all things Marathon Youth Ministry or MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Again, visit the church podcast.org uh, or find us on iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review, especially a five-star review, letting us know how we're doing and get the word out. Uh, get the word out that um, people in church ministry don't have to do this alone, that uh, we want to walk with them and help them do church better. Uh, John, it's always a pleasure. Let's close in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, we know that there will be a day when this comes to an end. We know that there will be a day when um, the church doors can open and uh, people will come together to praise your name, to give you glory, and to connect with one another, Lord. Even though we are one church body, God, we feel separated. Uh, we feel um, we feel disconnected from one another, but we know, Lord, that you can connect us, that you can bring us together, even when we are far away, even when we are physically not near one another. We are united in you, in your love, in your grace. God, thank you so much for giving us uh, this gift of the church, for calling us to be the church. We love you in your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.